Well, good morning. Welcome to the 9 a.m. service. You guys were bold enough to get up early and, and face the brisk weather, so I applaud you today and uh, for being here this morning. Welcome. If you're here for the first time, we welcome all of our guests as well. Uh, my name is Jeff Dean. I have the privilege to be the, the Family Life pastor here on staff, and it's just a joy to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, this morning, we're starting a new series. Uh, we're starting our series called Open Handed. It's, uh, it's all about living a life of generosity. And this first week, uh, we're going to talk about it, it, it all. It's all God's. And we're going to start uh, the next four weeks, kind of break out that out as being stewards and being well, how God's called us to be generous and open handed with our lives. And I just want to pray this morning, and just real briefly, because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do a work in your life, and sometimes we can come in here, and we can think we're going to check off the box for today, for Sunday morning, but you're, you're not here by accident. God has ordained you, and He wants you here. He wants to speak to you. He wants to tell you so much how much He loves you, and that He has a plan for your life. And sometimes you can come in and just, just be focused on, on, on having to do something and not be able to hear what God wants to do in your life. So we're going to pray today and we'll ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Jesus, thank you so much for your love today, Holy Spirit. Thank you that we could come in here and just be in your presence. I pray that we would have ears to hear what your Spirit wants to speak to us this morning. God, you want to change us. You want to rearrange us. You want to transform our lives into the image of Jesus. And Lord, help us this morning, God, to hear what you want us to say, what you want to say to us. And God, that we would take those words, we would apply it to our lives. So Lord, speak, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. I'm going to begin with a scripture. It's found in Psalm chapter 24, verse 1. It says, the earth is the Lord's. And everything in it, the world and all who live in all who live in it, the earth is the Lord's. Everything that He has belongs to the Lord. This morning, I'm going to take you on a journey on how God taught me the truth of this verse. I'm going to share with you six truths that I have learned that helped instill with me an, an open-handed life and a generous mindset. So you're going to journey with me through this this narrative I'm going to share about my life. So I want to take you back to when I was 17 years old. So we're going to journey back, put that VCR on rewind, go, we'll go back. And you remember those times where you, you rewind? Uh, that's when VCRs were popular. It was 26 years ago. Boy, this time has gone by fast. Um, but I was growing in my relationship with Jesus. And I want to share with you, uh, I got saved uh, when I was 13 years old, and God just began to speak to me, and as I yielded myself over to him, uh, he began to raise me up as a leader. I began to draw closer to Christ, and I, want, I, I always wanted to be a meteorologist, all right? I loved the weather. I still love the weather. My dad used to watch the Weather Channel in the 90s for fun. I don't know. Maybe you are here. That was like the thing to do, but I used to watch the Weather Channel and I, I loved the weather, and so I, that's all I wanted to do until Jesus birthed within me a calling, a purpose in my life, and that was to share the good news about who he was. And if God can change me, he can change anybody. And I, all I wanted to do was that desire that was to share Jesus and his transforming work in my life. And no longer did I want to be a meteorologist. And I also, I should want to do a storm chaser one day. One day on my bucket list, I do want to chase a tornado, but I'll put that on pause for later. Uh, 
But no, but, but God birthed within me a desire and a calling. And people and leaders noticed that in my life. So I pursued uh, that calling to go to Bible school. And uh, when I, got, I, I signed up for Bible school. I, I applied to Valley Forge Christian College, which was at the time right down the road here in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. And I was all set. So I, I applied in my, I believe, in my early in my senior year, maybe my junior year. I can't remember. But I'm just going to start my journey when, on my senior year of high school here. I applied to, to, to Bible school, and I was on my way. And I was like, I need a job, okay? So I need a job because at school, there was no ability to, to, to have transportation. You know, I lived in western Pennsylvania. It was six hours away, and I wanted a car, okay? I wanted, I wanted a car. I can get back and forth. I could get a job and make my money. So I got a job, and the job I had was not, not the greatest job. It was a job at Long John Silver's. Do you know what Long John Silver's is? Actually, we have one in Lansdale. I noticed it on Broad Street. I have not been there yet. But I got there, and I was the cook. So I fried all the fish and all the chicken, and I smelled like grease all the time, okay? It, I looked like a mess with my apron, and I also washed dishes. And if you ever worked at fast food and washed it, anyone here who's ever washed dishes at a restaurant, You've got these loads and piles of dishes that you have to get through like in an hour or two. It's like, it's not fun. But so I, I worked there, and um, my goal was to, was to save money to buy a car uh, so I can get around, like I said. And so I got this job, and uh, I would take what I earned and then save it up. So every time I cashed my paycheck, all right, I would put my money in a piggy bank, okay? I didn't have a bank account. I would just cash it underneath my parents. And I didn't have like the pig kind. I had the little, I had a little kid safe, okay? Where you had your own little combination. I don't know if you remember those little can you at the door. It's like, you thought that was super secure, but it really wasn't. Like if you just smashed it, it would, it, it would break. But I thought I'd just put all my money in there. And I would spend a little bit along the way too, but I would just keep putting my money in there. I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm saving up. You start to dream what car you wanted. And so Christmas went by and I'm still saving up and, and I still was working there and like the springtime came I was getting closer to school I was like that's it man I'm looking starting to go through my money I'm like oh my goodness it's like I have like $1,500 here that's a lot of money okay $1,500 like man what could I buy remember cars are cheaper back then too they're not like now like man, you were thinking like man what could I get for this $1,500 and so you know I would put my money in there and then uh, one, one day when I opened it up and I was, began to, to go through my money, um, I felt uh, uh, something speak to me, okay? And it said, he said, Jeff, that's not your money. I was like, um, yes, it is. It's my money. So I would put it back in a bit and I would cash my paycheck and I would put more money in there. And I heard the voice again, Jeff, that's not your money. And I'm like, Okay, let me sort this out just a little bit. Okay, I know, I think that's the Lord speaking to me, but is it really the Lord speaking to me? And so I was cultivating my, 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 I was cultivating my relationship with the Lord, and, and I knew his voice. And I don't want to encourage you all that if you don't know the Lord's voice, when you cultivate a relationship with the Lord, you begin to know him, all right? When he speaks, you know you know. How, what his voice sounds like. And 
I, I knew it was the Lord, but I was in denial. I was like, I know that's God, but maybe it's, maybe I'm hearing different things. And so I would just say, no, that's, I'm going to do what I want to do. And so what I would do is I would keep on going. And so um, that, that process was, was ongoing. And so it continue, this continued to happen for about a month. And I would put my money in there, and Jesus would say, I knew it was the Lord by now, and I was running from him, and I was avoiding him because I didn't want to know that was true. And he said, that's not your money. That's my money. And I want you to give it away to missions. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Nope. Uh, This is the money that I earned, and I want a car. And so... I'm not that spiritual, so it's not going to happen. So this process came, would put my money back in there, and it would still accumulate. And like I said, I had like $1,500. And so, but soon when you're, when you're running from the Lord in disobedience, because that's what I was doing, uh, he was testing my heart to see if I was going to obey him. Because he had an awesome plan for my life. And I didn't really know it at the time, but he knew that for my life. And he was trying to teach me something, and I was being a rebellious kid, trying to do what I wanted to do. Uh, am I the only one who's ever been in that situation before? When you know that the Lord is trying to tell you to do something, and you're like, nah, that's like, that's like old pizza I had last night, you know what I'm saying? It, you begin to feel like that you, you know it's Jesus, but you're ignoring the fact because you want to do what you want to do. And so you're rejecting that. And so that's where I was in that position. But there's the thing called the conviction of the Holy Spirit that I am today I'm thankful of. But at that moment, I was not thankful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit then comes convicts you in your heart. And I was like being very convicted and my heart felt heavy because I was in disobedience to the Lord. Because I was saying, this is my money. This is what I earned it. And God, you can't have that part of me. All right? That's where I was at. But the Holy Spirit became so heavy in my life. And I, it was just a, a, a battle between me and the Lord. And so one day I was like... It became so heavy. The Lord was just like, give me like, it's all on the line right now. Either you're going to obey me or you felt like you're not because I just walked around. I, I would come to church and I wouldn't sing because I wouldn't feel right on the inside. I would try to read my Bible and all I could think about is me being disobedient to God because God was trying to get a hold of me. He was trying to speak to me and I was running from him. And that's what God does. He loves you too much to leave you where you're at. He comes and chases after you. Even though the Bible says he leaves the 99 and goes after that one lost sheep. I wasn't lost, but I was in disobedience. And God had a plan and a purpose for my life. And he didn't want me to to ruin it by, by going my way. I believe sometimes we do that in our lives. You know that the Lord's speaking to you. He's convicting you. He wants the best for you. But sometimes we win. I give up. So what I do is I took the $1,500. Actually, I was committed to prom. I went to prom that year. So I had a, a girl that got dumped by her, her boyfriend. And I went and was her friend and did it. So I'm not, I wasn't going to 
hurt her. So I took $200 of that. And so I took $1,300. I put it into the envelope. I drove to the church. I went to my youth pastor's office. And I said, here, this is for missions. Don't ask me any questions. Just take it. I'm out of here. And that's exactly what happened. I took it. I gave it to him. I said, don't ask any questions. And when I left that, that room, I had mixed emotions. I felt proud of myself for, for obeying God. And I felt the burden, the conviction leave. But guess what? I was sad. I was really sad because I was like, that means I don't get a car. God, you know, it just was really sad. You know, I felt my spirit, like I said, this pleased the Lord. But, you know, I kind, you know kind of that, that felt good, but I was, I was disappointed in a way. And I, 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 I obeyed the Lord. And soon I quit my job over the summer and went to school that fall without a car. But it wasn't the end of the story. I thought it kind of was. But in the deep down of my heart, I knew, okay, God, if you're asking me to do something, if you're asking me, maybe you have a plan. I didn't see that plan. Sometimes we don't see the plan, right, when God asks us to do something. We just need to learn to trust. And so before I continue, I want to share and review with you some truths from God's word that God taught me that will help you become more generous in your life. I have six of them. Number one, God owns it all, okay? That includes the money I earn. That includes the money you earn. He's given it to you. He owns everything. Deuteronomy 10, 14 says this. It says, to the Lord, your God belongs the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. Psalm 50, 12 says, the world is mine and all that is, that is, it, is in it. Haggai 2.8 says, the silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Job 41.11 says, everything under heaven is mine. Do you get the picture yet? God owns it all. Everything belongs to him. He just gives it to you to manage. We're going to talk about that next week. Pastor Paul is going to talk about being a steward with the resources that God's given us. But he owns it all. It all belongs to him. He's the one who gave it to you. Number two, the second truth is this, everything belongs to him. Everything belongs to him. God had given me that money to test me to see if I would give it back to him because it belonged to him in the first place. Hebrews 2.10 says this, everything belongs to God and all things were created by his power. John 1.3 says this, all things are made through him and without him, was not anything made that was made. Psalm 50:10 says, For every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. That's a pretty, maybe you've heard that before, that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Well, he does. He owns it all. Everything belongs to him. The third truth I want to share with you this morning is choose a master. Choose a master. Romans 6, 16 says this, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You, you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Matthew six twenty four says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And in my situation, that was what I was struggling with. I was struggling with choosing a master. 
All right, was I going to be my own master and control my own money to do whatever I wanted with? Or was I going to give into what God wanted me to do? I was, who was going to be? Was I going to give it to Master Jesus, who I said I committed my life to? Or I said I was surrendering everything and following the call of ministry to be a pastor? Or whatever purpose that God had for me, all I knew is that God birthed something in my heart to do something great for him. Was I going to choose him as master? Did he, did, was he the king? Was he the boss? Was he was the Lord of my life? Or was I going to be on the throne of my own life? Because if Jesus was the king, if he was my master, and I had given him my life, then obedience is required. He calls us to obey. He even said in the Gospels, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. He requires obedience. And as I look back on my life, that was a critical test to see where my heart was. Matthew 6.21 says this, for your treasure is there your heart will be also. At first, I failed big time, as I just showed you the months of me wrestling with God. But God did not give up on me, and he doesn't give up on you. There's still time to right the ship. There's still time to, to be obedient, to take repent from your sin and turn back to the Lord. Go, come back underneath his lordship. Come back and make him master Jesus in your life. Many of you look at my story and say, why would God do that and leave you without a vehicle? Maybe you have that perspective. Maybe you see in your mind, like, that doesn't sound like a good God. Why would God withhold that from you? Why would, why would he ask you to give that money when you could have provided for your own need? Well, you could provide it for the thing that, that you wanted. Well, sometimes we don't know God's plan. But God has a purpose and a plan. The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways and our thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But I want to I finish the story with you because it doesn't end there. Like I said, I was upset, but I made a decision to trust the Lord that he would work it out. When I got to college, I met someone really quickly. I'm finishing the story. And uh, I got a job immediately, like the, in three days. Uh, at McDonald's, okay? One of the Long John Silvers, and I went to McDonald's. <laughs> but you know what? It was an open door, and I was able to get transportation there because I knew a friend, and he would take me to work. And when I wanted to do something, I'd go to the mall or KOP mall. Guess what was there? Transportation. God did not withhold transportation from me, but did provide along the way. People were willing to drive me to places, I went home, and here's the, here's the culmination of things. I went home finally for holiday break, and unfortunately, uh, one of my youth leaders, uh, their mother, uh, which was, was older, uh, dealt with a, had a, a battle with cancer, and she passed away. And so the youth leader needed help cleaning out um, the, her mother's house. And so they got some students. I was available on break to, to go over and help clean out the house and serve him. And I went to, uh, began to, we went through the garage of that house. And what I saw there was right in front of me was a car. It was a 1987 Buick LeSabre. And I find the, the same voice that spoke to me about giving the money away. And that earlier in, in that year was the same voice to say, I'm going to give that car to you. And I'm like, what? You've got to give that car to me. And at first I was like, 
awesome. And then I began to realize, I don't really want that car. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, it was a a 1987 boat. But I was like, am I really going to get a car? So moments later, I talked to the youth leader, and he's like, the Lord spoke to me and said he wants me to give you this car. It had 82,000 miles, I believe, on it. It was a grandma's car, okay? And it was huge. I mean, brown and huge. I, I do have, I, I'm going to read a scripture first, and I want to show you the picture. Um, actually, do I have the pictures now? Can you show those pictures? Okay, I, I got, I see, I was married. It was that car right there. And to the next picture. Look at that thing. That thing was a tank. All right, I actually named the car Big Dolores. That was the car's name, Big D. And uh, God gave me that car. That was my first car. And uh, it was a transportation that I needed to go back and forth to school. It would fit my whole room in the trunk of that car. It could fit like four bodies in there if you really want to tell it. I don't know if you've ever seen a car that big, but it was big. It was steel, too. I remember getting in that fender bender before, and it dude did nothing to my bum. It, it wrecked their car. Anyway, um, but you know, but it's not always what we want that God blesses with, but it's what, he, what we need. God promises that, he, that He'll provide for our needs. He provides all of our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's going to take care of you when you're obedient to Him and you walk in His ways. And uh, it was amazing that God gave me that. And I was thankful. I was really thankful. And I was able to, to even pick up my wife in that. As you can see, I, used to, I pulled up and she, she dated me in spite of that car, all right? It wasn't the sexy, cool thing. It was this little guy with glasses, you know, with a goatee in this huge car. So, but as you can see, we, we got married, just married in that car. And that was the car we had in the beginning. Uh, I actually eventually sold that car back to my dad, and I made some money off that. But yeah, I did, so God blessed me with that too. But, but I want to give you three more truths that will teach us uh, to be generous and open-handed, all right? Number four, learn to trust God. Learn to trust God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Uh, acknowledge God in all your ways, and uh, he'll make your path straight. You need to trust the Lord, not ourselves, but trust in him. He's going to make things straight, straighten things out. Number five is I realize God has a plan. I think sometimes we don't realize that God has a plan. We've made our own plans, but God has a bigger plan. God is 10 steps ahead of us if we just learn number four, learn to trust him. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God has good plans for you. Amen? God has good plans for you. God had a plan all along. I needed to obey and trust him. I had to let go of what I was holding on to, what I was putting my trust in. So when I let go of that, God was letting go of what he had for me. I was putting trust in myself. What I could accomplish and not in God. I was trying to be in control. How many at times have we done that in our lives? I'm guilty. God wants control. And that leads me to number six. 
We need to be open-handed, to be generous. We need to live a life surrendered to God. Live a life of surrender. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Life I now live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We've been crucified with Christ. Matthew 16, 24 to 26. Since then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good it will be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? When we follow Jesus, he requires us, when we follow him, to deny ourselves. Deny what we want, right? And take up our cross. What does that mean? Be willing to do whatever it takes to follow him. That means... If I'm ready, that means being ready to even die. Die to the things that, that, that we hold physically. Or, and also, I mean, we could ultimately, if it requires death as a martyr, yes. But also deny ourselves of what we want. Whatever it takes. Are you willing to do that for Jesus? Are you willing to follow him? And lead where the master leads you. How committed are you? Because Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Now follow me wherever I lead. Wherever he's created you to become, he's going to lead you there for his purpose, to follow him, what he wants you. When I think of open-handed, I think of, about when people throw up their hands and surrender. Ever, they throw up their hands and surrender, right? It's the, it's the act of God, here I am. I, I, I'm surrendering. When we lift up our hands, it's a, a kind of a sign of surrender to God saying, you know what? We're going to be open-handed to him and do whatever he wants us to do. We want to live a life like that. I'm not going to hold on to my life, but I'm giving my life away. Just how like Jesus gave his life away to us. He lived as a servant and died for us to save us from our sin. We just celebrated communion and remembered what he did for us on that cross. For God so loved the world, what? That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave us the example of being the most generous person. He gave us his son. And Jesus, when he was on this earth, he, he lived as a servant and he gave his life away. And he laid his life down so he can save you, so he can ransom you, the Bible says, to take you back. Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He was the example for our lives. He was the example for us to live by. He was the example of what, that, what a generous person looks like. And I'm going to invite the usher team, I mean the usher team, I'm going to invite the worship team up this morning. And we're going to close, but I want to share and I'm going to close with a, just another illustration. I believe that's going to bring this message home this morning. If they can play something softly as I, as I close this morning. I'm going to share this other story with you. I heard from a pastor, his name was Pastor Kurt Seberg. 
I believe I was involved when I was young as well in a service, and he shared this. And I want to share this with you today because it really impacted my life. And I hope it impacts you as we close this morning. Kurt, he was uh, in his kitchen, and he was with his daughter. And um, she was at the table, and she was probably a toddler's age. She was probably three, three years old. And she was, had this big bag of pretzels. Anyone like pretzels here? She had this big bag of pretzels. And he was in the kitchen doing something else, dishes or something like that. And she was eating these pretzels. And she was sticking her hand in the bag and taking the pretzel and eating it. I don't, I don't know if she had a bowl as well. She might have been taking the pretzels. And she was putting them in the bowl and and. It was, I don't know if you know, be around a three-year-old, they, they're slower, okay? And they take their time. And so she was reaching into the bag, and she was taking the little pretzel. She was putting it in there. She kept on doing this and doing this. And her dad noticed what she was doing. And she came over and said, hey, sweetheart, do you want dad, daddy to get you some pretzels? Because he knew that her bowl was, you know, slowly filling up. She's like, no, I, I, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll get them. He said, okay. She began to do one at a time, all these little pretzels, and they put them in the, in the little bowl. And he came up to her and said, man, let me ask her again. He said, do you want daddy to get you some pretzels? And he showed, showed her his hand. He said, do you want daddy get you some pretzels out of that bag and she looked at daddy and looked at his hand and said no I want to put I want to get my own pretzels and she would do it again so he said it one more time he said dad you want dad he said specifically do you want daddy to reach his hand into the bag and get pretzels for you and she looked at his hand and said she said no I want to put my own hand in the bag. And she, she, put, she put her own little hand in the bag, and she put out one little pretzels out of a time. And then he, he said, okay. So what he did was he, so he took his hand, and he reached down to that bag and grabbed as many pretzels as he could. It was full of them. And she, he looked at her and said, do you want daddy's hand? And he looked at her little hand and said, do you want your hand to get your pretzels? And she's like, Ah, I want daddy's hand to get me the pretzels. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, that's how what we're like in our lives. We have our own hand in the bag trying to control our lives, trying to pull out what we want. But God, he owns it all. He has the blessing and he wants to be open-handed towards us and give us so much. He has so much blessings in store, but we need to get our own hand out of the bag and let our Heavenly Father go in and give us what we need. Give us what we need. Some of us, we wrestle with that. We're like this, the little kid who keeps on putting their own hand in the bag, not realizing how much God has for us. Just like that little, little girl, just like the Holy Spirit spoke to Kurt, not not to be like that, but to allow the Holy Heavenly Father to bless us. Some of us here in that same 
position. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to you to say, you know what? It's time to take your own hand out of the bag and let me bless you. Let me be in control of your life. Let me be in control of your finances. Let me be in control and give your time and your talent and your treasure to me. James 1.17 says this, every good, everyone say good, and perfect gift from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift comes from Him, comes from our heavenly Father. God is a good Father who gives good gifts to His children. He owns it all. Everything belongs to Him. He wants to bless your socks off. The problem is that we want to be in control and meet our own needs. We want our own hand in the bag and reject God's hand. We need to choose our master and learn to trust God. We need to live that surrendered life. Matthew 7, 9 to 11 says this. Which of you, if your son asked him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? We serve a good, good Father. God has so much more for you. God has a plan. But you must surrender control of your life over to him. God wants all of it. He doesn't want half of your life. He wants all of your time, all of your talent, and all of your treasure. He wants you to be crucified with Christ, that you no longer live, but Christ lives in you and through you to accomplish his purposes here on this earth. He wants that he can do so much. God wants to do so much in you and through you, but some of you here are holding on to it. You're holding on to your wallets. You're holding on to your checking accounts. And just like me saying, it's I and I earned it. Back off, God. Some of you are... God says no, but the reality is God has given you everything. Everything that you have and has a purpose for the money and the resources. He's a purpose for your life. We honor God with our tithes and our offerings as an act of worship. It's just a small portion compared with all that he's blessed us with. When we give and we serve here in the house, it's just a small thing that we do, but it's a big thing to God. When we go throughout the week and we give up our time and go out of our way to to meet needs and be Jesus' hands and his feet, it's giving our lives away. We don't only give our finances, our open-handed and giving our time, our talents, serving in the house. When sports, work, success, and wealth become your treasure, it's time to evaluate your heart, where your heart really is. Where is it at, church? Because God has so much for you. He wants to bless you. For your treasure is there, your heart will be also. If we all can bow our heads and close our eyes this morning, we're going to end in prayer this morning. We're going to evaluate where our hearts are at this morning. Is it in the right place? Where is our treasure? Hmm. Jeez.
Jesus, we thank you. Lord, I pray you look into our hearts right now. Lord, you would look inside of our hearts and see where they need to be. God, you have owned everything. You've given us everything. For God, you so loved the world that you gave your only one and only son. That whoever believes in you will not perish but have everlasting life. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus. It's time for you to be open-handed and give your life to him. If you're here and Jesus is not the Lord of your life, he's not the boss or the king of your life, today you can make that decision. Or maybe you said a prayer to make a decision to follow Jesus in the past, but have turned away and have not followed him recently. But now you want to surrender everything to him and turn away from your sin and recommit your life to Jesus. If that's you, I would like to, to pray for you this morning. If that's you, and it, just to be bold this morning and say, you know what, God, I want to make that decision. Maybe for the first time, or if you've walked away and you're recommitting your life today, you say, Pastor Jeff, that's me. I want you to slip up your hand and just let me see it real quick and put that down. Is anyone here that would like to do that for the first time or recommit their life? Anybody here? Anyone here? Thank you. Thank you. If you haven't raised your hand, but you still want to pray this prayer with me, we're going to pray it together. And as a church, I would invite everyone to pray, pray this prayer in, in unison together in faith for the other people as well. And we're going to pray. Say, dear Jesus, today I choose to follow you. Forgive me of my past and my sin. Come and make me new. I believe that you died on the cross and rose to new life. And you're coming back again one day for me. I surrender my life. I give it to you. And I will live all of my days for you. Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness, for your grace, and for new life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, tell somebody. Come talk to a pastor or a leader. Tell someone what you did today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. I'm going to encourage you, but I'm not only going to pray for, for, for those to turn their lives to you. I'm going to pray for you who've been walking in fear. You've been struggling with turning everything over to Jesus and trusting the Lord. If you're here today, I want to, I'm going to pray for you. Maybe you were just like me and you had that mindset of, you know what, I'm just going to keep it for me. I'm going to do what I want with it. And maybe Jesus, it really isn't. He's your Savior, but maybe you have been walking out that He's your Lord. Maybe you're you're keeping back things in your life that you're saying, you know what, God, you can't have this. God's speaking to you this morning. Maybe He's speaking to you just like He spoke to me and convicted my heart. And I had to make a decision. Maybe you have to make that decision today. I'm going to encourage you it will be the best decision you made because God wants to use you and give you so much more. And throughout my life, I have so many stories of God's provision of my life. 
that was just the start of him blessing me as I gave finances and I gave time, my talent and my treasure. Those were times where I didn't even, I didn't even know how God was going to give me or provide. And yet he did. Because I did learn a lesson. When, he, how, when I trusted him, he provides in, in, in miraculous ways. I want to pray for you. Jesus, thank you for the person here, God, who's struggling to turn everything over to you. God, they may look and they think they have what they, they own, but I pray they would have a, a, a mindset shift this morning, God, that you do own it all and everything belongs to you. God, that they would choose you as their master over their finances, over their, their families and their decisions. God, that they would want to live a life pleasing to you, that they would want to have your will be done in their lives and not their own. God, that they would be a follower of Jesus, a true follower, one that, that's willing to die if necessary for the cause of Christ. Lord, I pray for the individual. Help them to be a generous person, to trust you in all circumstances, to have an extra measure of faith to believe, God, who you say you are, and you'll do what you say you're going to do, that you are a faithful God, that we can put our hope and our trust in you. No matter what happens in this life, no matter what the world around us is, God, you are, are stable and secure that you do hold, hold the whole world in your hands. God, you are just great, but you're not only great, you are good. You're a good, good Father who loves us and knows what we need. Lord, allow us to put everything into your hands. We do that today. God, we release what's in our hands into your hands, and we trust you because you're faithful and you're good. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I encourage you. Uh, if, you if the prayer team can come forward, we're going to sing this last song, Good, Good Father. And if you have another need, but pray for healing, or if you want prayer, uh, maybe you're struggling financially, you, you need a financial miracle or something, we would love to pray with you today in faith. So God bless you. If you need to go, go. You can go this morning in Jesus' name. But well, we're going to actually, we're going to sing the song, then you can go. How about that? Everyone, can everyone stand with us today? Can, can let them go. Okay, we're going to, for time's sake, we're actually going to go, so you can go if you need to go. All right, we got two services going on, 1041. So, yeah, you can go at this time. If you want to stay around and sing that in prayer, we can. God bless you.